Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Primal Pioneer. Today I'm going to talk all about vitamin D lamps, UVB, UVA lamps, Um, artificial UV light versus UV light from sunlight. What's the difference? Are artificial tanning and UVB light sources such as the Sperty um, vitamin D lamp, are these safe practices? Are they a good idea? There's a lot of different opinions out there on them. And we're going to talk all about that. And we're going to talk about artificial light. And we're going to talk about cancer as well. And it's correlation to some of these areas. So um, let's dive in here because this is a, a relatively big topic. And I've been asked this question several times this uh, as we transition from fall into winter, hey, how can I preserve my vitamin D levels as I move into winter? And are these UVB sun lamps, there's a variety of different ones out there, um, are these a good idea to add into my you know, self-care, healthcare routine as UVB light leaves the sky? And, um, you know, to help support health through winter. So I've been asked this question um, a lot so far since we're in this, when we're right in the middle of this transition from fall to winter. And I want to help give people some deeper clarity around this topic. Um, And I want to preface by saying many people uh, really want a quick fix answer and I know if you're listening to this um you likely you likely don't you know what health entails and the path to get there and how it's not this like single event but um health and healing is this ongoing part of life and uh so I want to preface by saying this because we often look for you know what's the supplement program what's just tell me the one diet to eat 365 days a year, tell me the supplement plan, tell me, you know, the artificial light to use, etc. And so I really want to start by saying that um, our vitamin D insufficiencies are long-standing issues and um, it can take somebody one, two, three years of practicing the Sunlight Rx, uh, you know, if they experience a, a especially a, a long winter, to restore their vitamin Ds to optimal levels. Of course, each year is going to help build on the next. And if you um, listen to the previous two episodes, you'll learn how to preserve your vitamin D levels through the winter. So as you start to make lifestyle shifts around your indoor light environment, getting more sunlight, practicing your sunlight RX, aligning your diet with that of the seasons, um, and then 
you're going to build your upon your vitamin D levels gradually over time. So maybe the first, so right now, maybe your vitamin D levels are at a 20. Again, um, US units here, maybe your vitamin D is at a 20 and you commit to the Sunlight RX and then maybe the next year your uh, vitamin D levels uh, 57 and then you know you go on this course this healing path that you're on and maybe the next year your vitamin d levels are in the 70s which is awesome and then maybe on year three you've committed so much and maybe you've even spent some time in the tropics during the winter that you got your vitamin d levels into the 80s or 100s and this is for a lighter fitzpatrick skin I'll talk a little bit about that throughout this episode as well, what that even means and what how that pertains to vitamin D levels. But I want to mention this because when we're rebuilding our vitamin D stores naturally, it can take some time to get to optimal levels. And this is this is okay. This is a good thing. This is a natural progression. And um this is going to be very, very supportive of health. So if right now your vitamin D levels, let's say they're totally in the toilet, you know, maybe they're in the 20s or below, um, you can still do things to support your vitamin D levels even if UVB light isn't available and that's what the previous two episodes really took you on a deep dive into that. So I talked a lot about diet, artificial light, as well as sunlight. And so if that's you, I highly recommend taking uh, a listen to those two episodes. So just to really answer this question super clearly and directly, how do I feel about UV sun lamps? Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of them. And I will honestly say that I never have recommended them to any of my clients and I don't suspect that I will. Um, and my reason for this are, uh, reasons are many, but one of the main ones is that there are several studies linking artificial UV light, especially UVB light, to increased risk of cancer. And so um, there's been several of these these studies done, and most of the studies on UV light um, are they're done under fake light. And when these when we um, add fake UV light to one's environment, the rate of cancer seems to go up. So I know we're really concerned with vitamin D levels, but the way we're going about building, rebuilding those stores, which is a really important thing to do when it comes to our health and regaining our health and supporting our health. But we want to do it in a way that supports our health and not robs our health or steals steals our energy or harms our body or mitochondria or gets our cells producing the wrong kind of free radicals. And so just right here from the beginning when it comes to UVB uh, artificial light, tanning beds, um, sun lamps, etc. Am I a fan? I am not because first and foremost um, of the studies linking artificial UVB light to increased risk of cancer. And so I could never recommend that and make that recommendation to a client that I'm wanting to help improve their health and get better. Um, 
I, I would never, it, it would be like if I uh, recommended um, somebody with um, trying to come and get healthy, you know, walks into my practice and I say, hey, well, you can eat some Wonder Bread sometimes or um, yeah, smoke a pack of Camels, you know, from time to time. You know, we know these things have health, negative health effects. And so when we know something has a negative health effect or when I do as a holistic healthcare practitioner, I, I cannot make that recommendation to somebody. Now, I know that vitamin D plays a huge role in our health. And often people with chronic health issues or even mild health issues have low vitamin D levels. But this doesn't mean to run out and immediately buy a sun lamp. What this means is, okay, let's take measures to change your lifestyle so that we can gradually over time boost your vitamin D levels. So let's just take a look here about with regard to the difference of UVB light from these artificial lights uh, versus UVB light in sunlight because when we get UVB light from sunlight, it actually has the exact opposite effect in the sense that it decreases risk of every single cancer and every single chronic disease and infectious disease um, out there. So this is a drastic difference. It's it's night and day. It's two it's two opposites. And so we really have to look at this because when we are exposed to UVB light from sunlight, then we not only prevent or um, um, help to recover from something like a cancer diagnosis, but we know that the uh, higher one's level of vitamin D from sunlight then the uh, more apt they are to recover from or prevent things like obesity, type 2 diabetes, psoriasis, MS, leaky gut, depression, high blood pressure, uh, brain issues, seizure disorders. All of these things um, lessen and um, can even make a full recovery when vitamin D levels are optimal. Now, those of you who are familiar with the Sunlight RX, the four-step protocol that I uh, created to help people overcome and prevent chronic diseases using sunlight. This is a foundational practice that I recommend to every single person who walks through my door. So um, everybody gets the same Sunlight RX prescription. It's very similar anyway. Now the dosage might be a little bit different depending on the individual, but this is one thing that always stays really standard in my practice because we all need sunlight. Our mitochondria, all, all of our mitochondria rely on sunlight in order to produce energy, oxygen, and water. And if we cannot achieve those things, then we're going to set our, ourselves up for detrimental health issues, hormonal imbalances, metabolic imbalances, poor sleep, chronic disease, etc. So every other part of uh, my work with people, if a client comes through the door, um, is much more individualized, the diet, the homeopathy piece. But when it comes to sunlight, this is standard across the board. Um, that we have to use sunlight in a very specific way in chronological order regarding how it shows up in the in the sky if we want to reap the benefits of sunlight and we all really 
need the benefits of sunlight. Our our physiology depends on it. Our hormonal and metabolic signaling depends on uh, receiving the correct amount and dosage of sunlight throughout the day. And so this begins with the Sunlight RX, the four-step protocol that walks you through how to use sunlight to um, not only prevent and overcome disease, chronic, infectious, but also it sets you up, it prepares your body, your cells, to be able to receive UVB light when it shows up in the sky uh, so you can actually make vitamin D from that light and reap the health benefits that that light has to offer. So I'm going to, um, I want to mention this because artificial UVB light has been linked to cancer. But if you also only go out in UVB light and you don't prep your skin to be able to receive that UVB light and as a result you get sunburn, then Potentially, that could set your you you up for skin damage and um, other issues related to sun damage. So it's very important that if we want to reap the benefits of vitamin D contained in sunlight, that we have to actually get in sunlight, just how our ancient ancestors did, because they inherently knew that going out at sunrise. Um, helped their hormone health and pressed pause on melatonin release and allowed cortisol to start to be released from the uh, pituitary gland, right? And of course, they didn't know the science behind this, but they felt better and they had more energy and they were much more connected to the outside natural world than we are, most of us are today. So it's really important that if we we can't just say, hey, UVB light and sunlight causes cancer, it potentially could if you go outside in only in UVB light or, you know, you live more like a modern human, mostly indoors, mostly in front of a screen, you know, and then it's noon and you're like, oh man, I should get outside. You know, inherently our bodies want to be outside and at some point we'll literally just go outside maybe even without thinking about it just because we inherently know that it's a good idea to spend time outside so you know somewhere in the afternoon we're like hmm, I haven't been outside yet and we start to go outside and, and if it's um, late spring in the summer or early fall then UVB light is going to be present at that time now, if you haven't prepped your skin, and what do I mean by that, prepped your skin? So when you watch the sunrise with as much skin exposed to the sun, and of course your eyes are, um, there, there's, not, there's no contact lenses, there's no sunglasses, right? When, you're, when your retina can receive this signal from sunlight, um, starting at sunrise, this is going to prep your body. This is what this is you starting to prep your body to be able to absorb UVB light later in the day. Of course, there's many other things that go on at sunrise, but regarding UV light, the more you're in sunrise light, even if you are fair-skinned, red-headed, freckles, basically the lowest on the Fitzpatrick scale, number one, if you go out and spend time in sunrise light, and a good amount of time, I'm talking 30 minutes, maybe a minimal dosage, and then 
anywhere up from there is going to be of benefit. The more you're in that light, this is like preconditioning your skin with the red light and the blue light that's contained in sunrise light. And so the longer you're able to be in this light, the more you basically precondition your skin to be able to absorb UVB light later in the day without burning. So this is key. This is like the code, the answer to how do we use UVB light in a way that benefits our health versus a way that is, um, you know, impairs our health and is health destructive. We have to be in sunlight the way our ancient ancestors were when we naturally had jobs and lifestyles that required more of an outdoor lifestyle. So waking up with sunrise and being in sunrise light, getting as much skin as you can in the sun, and then of course always getting your eyes in the sun because remember your your body's physiological time clock, the hub for that, the uh, SCN, the supercosmetic nucleus, is located right there in the retina. Okay, and so this signals to your entire body what time of day it is. When your body knows what time of day it is, it knows what's, what chemicals to release, what hormones to release, when to be hungry, when to heal, when to have energy, etc. When to rest and digest, when to fight or flight. This signaling system for your body is dependent on the type of light that hits your eye. So if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're checking your iPhone, you just sent a message to your entire physiological clock that it is um, basically noon outside because the color of everybody's iPhone is the temperature of what would be solar noon right around summer solstice. So that right there is going to mess up your cortisol release. It's going to mess up your hormone release. And just by doing that, you're going to impact your health on many, many different levels in super detrimental ways. And um, so it's really important to start with sunrise. Your eyes are, are in sunrise light. Your skin's exposed. You're building. You're You're basically like laying this foundation to be able to absorb UVB light later in the day without burning. And um, this is a very important step to, okay, how do we turn UVB light into a health benefit, into this um, component of our health where all the studies that link higher vitamin D levels from sunlight to a decrease in all-cause mortality, meaning your likelihood of dying from any chronic or infectious disease drops drastically as your vitamin D levels from sunlight increase. But how do we actually increase our vitamin D levels from sunlight? You can't just go out in UVB light. You've got to prep your cells your skin to actually be able to absorb that light when it shows up in the solar spectrum. And the first thing you do is get in sunrise light. 
The next thing you do is after you're out there for 30, 60 minutes is then eventually and soon after UVA light shows up in the spectrum. So this is what I'm talking about when I refer to you have to be in sunlight in this chronological order, meaning in these different sunlight spectrums when they show up. We can't just start with UVB light, which shows up um, you know, later in the afternoon. We have to start by, okay, what's the, fir what's the pecking order here? So number one is sunrise light that's predominantly red and blue light. Then you have UVA light show up in the solar spectrum and you're starting to move more towards the violet purple spectrum, right? And so we start adding in these new colors. So when we do this, the color temperature of the sun gradually increases and your eyes release certain uh, signal to your body to release certain um, hormone signals, um, certain metabolic signals. Th uh, they occur depending on the color temperature of the sun. So as the, the color temperature of the sun increases, for example, you gradually release more and more cortisol because the more cortisol that's in your, in your bloodstream, by the time UVB light shows up, that's like your body's natural built-in sunscreen. The more cortisol in your blood by the time you get to solar noon when UVB light shows up, the less you're going to burn and the more vitamin D you're going to make. The more you precondition your skin with red light at sunrise, the less you're going to burn and the more vitamin D you're going to make when UVB light shows up in the sky. So you see this chronological order is preparing your body to be able to get to this one main goal. One of our body's main goals is to pump out vitamin D when UVB light is in the sky. Okay, so we have to prepare our body adequately in order to uh, be able to actually take that UVB light from sunlight and have that be activated in our body and turned into vitamin D. So it's really important when it comes to UVB light and cancer that we actually understand what that link really means, what puts us at, an, at a disadvantage for setting uh, the stage for cancer regarding UV light versus what puts us at an advantage for being able to extrapolate that UVB light from the sky and turn it into vitamin D and use it as a healing asset. So that we really have to understand the difference here. And so when it comes to artificial UVB light, and a lot of people want to use or they're using these lamps during the winter months when UVB light isn't present in the higher latitudes. Um, so what message are we giving our body if UVB light isn't present outside? You know, the... Um, the sun angle is going to be naturally um, less in the winter months. So your body, if you're outside, your body knows that, it, hey, the sun angle there, that's not, that color temperature isn't warm enough to be getting me, you, you know, UVB light. It's not coming around, but then you put this sun lamp in front of you that um, is a UVB lamp. And that's going to be, in my opinion, 
problematic and disruptive to the system. So I am not a benefit of those lights. I am a benefit uh, or a fan of um, improving your vitamin D levels over time using sunlight and using sunlight in this chronological order. And for those of you who haven't learned the Sunlight Rx, you can go to my site, heathershepherd.com. And on the homepage, just scroll down and you'll see a place to get a copy of the Sunlight Rx. I recommend printing it out. And um, if you purchase that and you want a text-only copy, send me an email. I started doing that for some people who wanted to print it out and save on ink. So let me know. I have that copy so you can read a hard copy of that and then go out and start practicing. Okay, so um, this is a really important distinction that I want to help you all make regarding UVB light. Is it bad? No. Can it have some detrimental effects? Yes, if we are in that light, like, you know, using it like a modern person or going to tanning beds or using uh, artificial UV light, then I have issues with that because of... Um, the body one isn't simply it's not designed to use UVB light in that way and two because of the studies linking increased risk of cancer with artificial UVB light okay so another thing that I want to talk about here is um, Fitzpatrick skin typing because depending on your Fitzpatrick skin type this is going to really determine what your vitamin D uh, capabilities are, how high can you actually get them, and what are your needs. So the Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick skin typing um, uh, levels go from one to six. So one being that super, um, you know, pale, fair-skinned, maybe freckles, redhead, etc. Okay, and then six is being um, the darkest end of the spectrum, which think of like a Kenyan who when the the sunlight hits them their sun literally looks like purple okay that it's so dark so the higher you go up to on that spectrum and you can um the medical field uses the Fitzpatrick skin typing to determine one's risk of skin cancer I encourage you to just throw that in the toilet that's that's not the way I use this I actually use this to detect how much UVB light and sunlight somebody actually needs in order to support their mitochondrial health. Because the darker your skin, and the, meaning the higher you are on the Fitzpatrick scale, actually the more UVB light you need in order to remain healthy. So um, if you're somebody with super pale skin, then it's going to be really, really important to um, make sure you're out in sunrise light and really build what's called your solar callus. So, you know, your skin, you're building up um, basically your skin's tolerance to UV light. And the more you're out in the sunrise light, especially the the lower you are in the Fitzpatrick skin typing. So if you can get a sunburn, then you're going to need more you uh more sunrise light in order to prep your skin to be able to absorb UVB light later in the day. Now, people on the lower scale of the Fitzpatrick, say, you know, 1 2 
um, as you get three and above, we're starting to need more and more UV UVB light. Um, but those down on lower on the Fitzpatrick, you can achieve higher vitamin D levels simply because you don't have this built-in um, melanin on your skin that naturally pigments, darkens the skin, right? So you are going to be able to achieve higher vitamin D levels. You know, if you practice for two, three years and you really dedicate your, um, your, to your Sunlight RX practice, you can, you know, likely I've had clients get into, and myself, 80s, low 100s on the vitamin D, uh, regarding vitamin D levels. Now, if you're someone with uh, darker skin and higher on the Fitzpatrick scale, your body's ability to make vitamin D is going to be less. So maybe your your top end is going to be in the 70s, maybe 80s, okay? Literally because you have this built-in melanin that darkens the skin, and what does that do? It naturally reflects UV light. So the darker your skin, actually, the more UV light you need in order to achieve optimal vitamin D levels. So this can be a little bit problematic for people with mm, higher on the Fitzpatrick skin typing scale who live in a high latitude like London, like um, Ireland, like New York City, like Ontario, parts of Canada, British Columbia, Portland, etc. So if you're higher up on the Fitzpatrick scale, you're going to need a lot more sunlight because the more melanin in the skin, um, this is like an antidote to UV light. And so you're going to need more and able to make adequate amounts versus somebody who's lower on the Fitzpatrick scale, say their levels can get to 80 or 100. Those are going to be super adequate levels that your body's going to be able to pull on through the winter months. Your vitamin D levels are naturally going to lessen throughout the winter months. And then here's spring and the UVB light returns. And then you start the rebuilding process again. So if we get our, our vitamin D levels to an optimal range for our Fitzpatrick skin type, then we're going to be able to go through lower light seasons without being symptomatic. And so we do we can achieve this using sunlight and practicing the sunlight rx. This is not something we can achieve using a sun lamp or um some sort of artificial tanning mechanism. I'm actually a huge fan of tanning but not from artificial light from sunlight because um this is a way, a reflection as to how much vitamin D your body's actually producing. So like for me, I'm in the Fitzpatrick one or two, and I know that as my skin tans more, I'm actually making more vitamin D. And so the the more I tan, the more sunlight one actually needs in order to continue to make vitamin D. So I wanted to mention that because um, it's important to understand the vitamin D levels that you can achieve in sunlight 
And then we can set more accurate goals as to, okay, what do I need to be working toward, you know, to, in order to support my health? So um, you can you can Google Fitzpatrick skin typing. You can look at this scale. Again, I don't encourage you to say, hey, you know, like they outline, if you're Fitzpatrick one, avoid the sun or, you know, really don't wear sunscreen. The recommendations are ridiculous and they're not based on health or they have no understanding as to the importance of doing the sunlight Rx or being in sunlight in chronological order and what that does to our health and what that does to our vitamin D levels and how that actually prevents sunburns. They they know nothing of the sort. But you can use it to say, hey, this, you know, I think I'm a number two. So this means that it's really important for me to precondition my skin, one, and number two, then I should aim for you know, a vitamin D level of 80 over time and work gradually towards that. <clears throat> so um, this is actually a survival mechanism. The, the, um, your Fitzpatrick skin type is actually uh, based on a survival mechanism over time and the type of mitochondria that you actually have. So when humans originated on this planet, um, it's known that we started in the continent of Africa. And what do we know about Africa is that the sunlight is very strong there. They're basically living on the equator. So there's UVB light available there 365 days a year. Now, if you take a Fitzpatrick type one skin and you plop them down in Africa, um, they're going to be needing a lot of sunrise light to counter the um, health da- potential health damaging effects of UVB light. Now, if you take a Kenyan or an African and you put them, uh, you know, in that environment with the higher skin Fitzpatrick skin types, they're gonna be their skin is built to be in that strong sunlight 365 days a year that's exactly why nature designed this if you're living on the equator these people live in the the natives of these areas tend to have a darker skin pigmentation they tend to be higher on the fitzpatrick scale literally because they um, need more melanin to offset any potential damage from uvb light so this is this is really important to understand this correlation that it's not a race thing but it's quite literally a survival thing and when um individuals who when we originated from Africa right then there was we didn't need to stay warm that wasn't a survival tactic we needed to do when in living in that location we didn't need a way to stay warm but what did we we need we needed a way to fight or flight we need a way to fight or flight run away from predators and um, we needed to run quickly away from these predators so as a result somebody who has um a darker fits a darker skin type higher on the fitzpatrick 
there when we see this in the everyday world that they uh their mitochondria are very tightly coupled meaning they're they're um they're packed in like sardines so they're really their their mitochondria which is the tiny engines inside of your cells they're really placed tightly together and when we see the mitochondria placed tightly together like this this allows you to produce energy in a very rapid way so you could sprint your ass off and try to outrun a cheetah right so we needed the mitochondria to be tightly coupled like this so we could fight or flight for a survival mechanism and so reason being this is why the mitochondria there were tightly coupled we didn't need to um stay warm but we did need to run away from predators as we began to move away uh, into different continents so we got into the more of the european areas we got to the united states then what happens is over time the skin pigmentation started to lesson it started to lighten and when we see this when we look at the mitochondria of more of the european um descent more of the uh caucasian people we see that the mitochondria no longer are tightly coupled meaning packed into your cells like sardines but there's a greater amount of space between the mitochondria and this is a survival mechanism as well that allows us to now produce heat because it's cold as hell in a lot of those places. So no longer did our survival depend on fight or flighting from a cheetah. Our survival depended on how do I stay warm? And a main way that we stayed warm is the mitochondria as a skin type moved down to the lower Fitzpatrick's the mitochondria, they gain space between one another, allowing us to produce more heat during the cold winter months. This is from, uh, uh, this is why we have different sunlight needs depending on our Fitzpatrick skin type. This is also why a lot of people higher on the Fitzpatrick scale tend to be able to jump really high and tend to be able to run really fast. So um, this is why uh, a lot of uh, athletes who, um, this is why white guys and girls have issues with being able to dunk a basketball versus um, people who are of the higher Fitzpatrick. It's literally their mitochondria are so tightly coupled that they are able to have these boom, massive, huge surges of energy, um, allowing them to produce energy very, very, very quickly versus people who are um, of the the lower end of the Fitzpatrick we're not designed to make energy very quickly, but we're designed to be able to survive cold environments. So um, 
this is something that it's a little bit of the deep of a deeper uh level here regarding vitamin D levels and uh but I think it's an important topic to cover just regarding uh how we understand how our Fitzpatrick skin type correlates to our energy production needs, capabilities, and our sunlight needs as well. So, um, let's see. I think that is the, the bulk of what I wanted to cover here today with regard to vitamin D. I really just wanted to hit home. Yeah, UVB light can be health damaging, when we live like a modern person or when we use artificial light. There's been studies linking artificial UVB light to increased risk of cancer, and this is something that I'm not willing to sign up for. However, there have been, um, we can see this, and the proof is really in the pudding. I don't even think they've done a study like this where they set, I'd love to see this, where they get people out doing the sunlight RX, staying out in sunrise light and going through the day in the UVA and then the UVB light shows up. And I would love to see that study done um, with regard to um, cancer rates and every other uh, chronic disease basically going going down drastically. There's been some studies linking the higher vitamin D levels to, uh, made from sunlight, I should mention, um, with a decreased risk of literally every single chronic and infectious disease today. So, and the proof is, is in the pudding, as I mentioned, because our ancient ancestors, did they get cancer? Did they get skin cancer? No, they didn't. And they were outside all day long and they were outside starting at sunlight, at sunrise, many of them. And um, so I think it's really important that we cannot just quickly chalk UVB light up to health damaging. It's context, it's how you use it, it's how you choose to live your life and spend your time in the sun that's really going to make or break if your body utilizes UVB light in a positive health supportive way or in a detrimental way. Optimal health starts by improving your vitamin D levels naturally, meaning using sunlight, not a pill or a sun lamp. If you struggle with low vitamin D levels below 40 or lower, studies show that you're likely at greater risk of every single chronic and infectious disease. But this doesn't have to be your fate. There's a lot you can do to change this. One huge way is to sign up for my ancestral diet plan. This plan allows us to work one-on-one -on -one together where I'll create an individual holistic health plan that includes not only sunlight, but an ancestral diet and homeopathy to help you get there. You can learn more and sign up for one-on-one -on -one work together by visiting heathershepherd.com backslash ancestral dash diets. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.